There's no matrix or anything. All right. <laughs> there may be no matrix, Jake, but this episode of Vital Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the fastest, easiest, most professional, user-friendly, beautiful, responsive, and intuitive way to make your very own professional website, portfolio, blog, or online store. If you go to squarespace.com and use the offer code THUMBS at checkout, you will get 10% off your first order. And if you sign up for a year, you will get a free domain name as well. That is squarespace.com with the promo code THUMBS. Nice. Mm-hmm. I, liked, I liked how professional you made it sound at the beginning. It was doubly professional. Very professional. I, <laughs> I noticed that, yes. It's November 24th, 2016. This is Idle Thumbs 290. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm Jake Rodkin. And we're back. We are. Yep. This is the second week running that we are streaming this episode live to Twitch. So if you are watching live, thank you. And if you aren't watching live or don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> hopefully by now you can go to uh, youtube.com slash idle videos and watch the archive of this recording and watch how not the ti- full tired and confused we look as we record this <laughs> yeah. podcast every week. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this week we're talking about Planet Coaster, I bet, because mm. Nick and I have been playing a lot of it. Nick, you've also been playing Dark Souls. Uh, yeah. And I played City- Cities in Motion 1 also on the recommendation of a bunch of listeners. And Jake. I existed in a virtual realm. Yes. Uh, called Earth. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We're all in a simulation, you know. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. Yeah. I wonder if, if eventually in Planet Coaster, your little people will be able to go into a virtual reality. Or, like if they'll have mm. virtual reality High concept VR then, rides? Yes, oh, man. yes. <laughs> in I, which I they can play Planet Coaster. Maybe right. when, your, um, when your Planet Coaster park gets really strapped for space, you can start installing 3D glasses movie theater rides. <laughs> <laughs> just big boxes. Which are just, just, you build another ride somewhere else, then capture the footage of that, and then your audience can watch that in a little it's 3D like, theater. It's like how in the, the new SimCity you can link multiple cities. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Except in this way, they're just linked via, like... Mm-hmm. VR, a, a, 3D glasses. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's, it's actually just rendering a scene the entire thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're, the camera is actually in real time following another roller coaster car... Yeah, twenty miles away. At our, at but it's going our, through a full shitty strapped for space park. You can uh, ride roller coasters from a better theme park mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Uh, like three D. It's like D-box. how it's like how you can go to the ballpark and watch opera that is happening in the opera house right, right. now, but just in a cooler building. Yes, um, except in VR. Yeah, which is how opera should be. That's coming exclusively. Next, man. Yeah. You don't think the Met's going to have like a 3D depth camera and let you watch that from your Gear VR? <laughs> That's true. The New York Times That's... sent all of their subscribers those cardboards. There's AR uh, at the opera, but literally all it does is have the subtitles <laughs> in whatever direction you're looking. And then it sort of projection maps them onto whatever you're looking uh, at. So, I was yeah. fine with it until then. <laughs> yeah. I would be totally fine with having just lenses I could put on that would have super titles that are actually legible to yeah, me. Yeah. Uh, that would actually be cool. But then you started talking about them being depth mapped onto a you know onto a person, or maybe we could have little like cartoon talk bubbles that come up and go <laughs> from the people. Yes, they're wearing like what RFC chips or something. I don't uh, even know how you would do you're that. You're just tracking mm-hmm. them. I guess you just, just tracking track them, something. Chris. Just on face them. tracking. Yeah, face tracking. Yeah, weird, gross. Anyway, that's what Planet Coaster is because you guys have been playing a lot of Planet Coaster, and I haven't. So oh, yeah. I assume this, this now that now it, I know what it we're is. We're describing what it is. Yes, it's the opera in AR. Yeah. <laughs> 
Op A R uh they all call it. Oh my god. Opara. <laughs> In our new decadent society, people go to the opera. <laughs> the opera. <laughs> Uh, Those are the two competing formats. There's op AR and <laughs> operar. <laughs> an operar. Everyone sounds dumb in the future. Well, the world goes opera mad again, and uh, but but with a twist. Opera marred. It's not your dad's opera. That's <laughs> no one. Anyway, Planet Coaster. Uh, I this game is now reach the point for me, Nick, that when I'm not playing it, I just think about playing it. Mm. And the thing is, I don't even know if I'm good at it. I don't even think I'm like particularly good at it yeah. or anything. I just always want to be playing it. Yeah. Last night, I spent two hours making a an incredibly intricate like theme park entrance facade mm-hmm. that looks like a sort of medieval castle with, um, I think, five archways, and I made, um, you know, park entrance gates in each archway and then surrounding it there's like a castle with a sort of steepled roof and then you know a a parapet on one side and a tower with a sort of balcony on the other side and like I just spent hours making that goddamn thing and there's literally no like people just walk up to it and then they they walk all the way up to the entrance gates realize there's literally no park inside (laughs) shrug their shoulders turn around and then walk away again (laughs) and if you click on them they say that was enough fun for this for one day yeah right Uh, but there's but that's all I've been doing and the like I always just leave the park running when I'm building so it's literally just like months of people well it's just focus testing there's somebody out in front of the park with a clipboard saying do you like this uh, facade Uh, good people Uh, are spending five more seconds at the facade (laughs) right (laughs) it's perfected open the park so I I, I take it from that that Planet Coaster uh, has a sandbox mode as well as a pure simulation mode because you would have gone out of business Long ago. Yes. Yeah. In sandbox mode, there is no concept of money. I, I mean, yeah. things have a cost, but it's irrelevant because you have your your money meter literally just says the word infinite. Okay. And it, it's just not a, a concern. Th- this game definitely has the kind of mind. It has that Minecraft thing going where there are clearly two entirely different reasons for playing it. And they can overlap, but they can also if you they can also just be totally separate, which is the management component and the creative component. I mean, I guess the Minecraft equivalent of the management component is the survival yeah. component, right? Where some people play Minecraft as a game, and some people play Minecraft as basically just like a Photoshop, yeah. you know? And they're just literally making things, and they have they don't care about the game. And I, I, more often than not, in games like this, trend towards the latter. Even though I'm not, I'm never like an amazing creator. Um, I like the sandbox feeling, and I know Nick, that is your. Your preferred word as well, and I think this game is actually. I mean, actually, been... that's not the that's not the case. When I played oh, really? Rollercoaster Tycoon, I loved uh, the management aspect. I think the management aspect in this game is just not quite balanced. It, that was yet. what I was just going to say. It doesn't yeah. seem like it's been very well um, regarded. Yeah, it's 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 the kind of thing where they just don't have enough um, events. I guess it's it's hard to describe like what is occurring in a simulation like SimCity where you just hit fast forward and then something happens that like there's always a check. On like a particular like, you know, like if you've got uh, too much residential, eventually yeah. there's a curve that says like, all right, now I'm gonna fucking make your shitty uh, mm-hmm. earn less money because of these reasons and these factors, and like there aren't enough of those things happening behind the scenes to actually like make anything uh, to impede your dollars, right? And so you can just hit fast forward, earn like a hundred thousand dollars, and then that's the end of your game. Well, I mean, so like, I think there's a, t- a fundamental tension in these games a lot of times between 
the creative and the management stuff. And I also really enjoy management games, right? I mean, I, I love the Anno series, which are, I mean, super. There's nothing you can do to avoid having to deal with incredibly micro-level management. Yeah. But I, I think there's, for me, there's often a sort of tipping point when it when the creative sort of package in the game gets so detailed and granular yeah. that at that point I'm like, okay, yep. for me, this is no longer a management game. Now this well, is in, a creation game. In Anno, game. you're always dropping a beautiful period-appropriate building, and then right. it has metrics, whereas in Planet Coaster, I think there's always the conflict of, is my shitty coaster going to generate just as much revenue? And if so... Why What's would the I make the beautiful the beautiful money. coaster yeah. in management mode when I could you know and yeah. then but then how to, how to quantify that under the hood gets out of control right. I feel like we're like as a game design problem it's really hard to solve too because all of the little widgets you put on things that have no um, sort of mechanical effect on the ride cost money also so it's right. like how do you balance like even if they didn't cost money they would cost your time in the sim. Right. You know, well, I like think those e- things, even if they weren't dropping your dollars, true, you would true. be like not managing because you're just right. making it pretty. Yeah. yeah. I think making that's the stuff, point. I think making it pretty does impact what the um, the agents, the little simulation guys think of I your park. I think it does too, but that's so hard but to represent. But it's very hard to quantify. Game. Yeah. There's like, no real equivalent of like. <laughs> because is there like, are they tracking it on a harmonious axis of like how many things are you using that are on the same theme? You can't. It's There's no way. Quantity. It's got to just be like you can drop a hundred fucking cubes and they're like, oh, beautiful park. Like, Killed the shit out of this park. <laughs> like, fucking go. There's just no equivalent to what an actual corporation that exists for many yeah. decades, like Disney or something, would deal with. With, like, okay, we're making now a long term 40 year investment into this park. And, like, there, there just isn't That's any. That's the sort of stuff that you could put in there, though, where you could say, like, the board likes right. your progress and has given you a bonus to reconstruct in the southeast area of the park or something. That's or, true. Or That's you could true. have holiday you surges. That, you, you could know. recreate that stuff in the macro. Yeah. But the way that stuff is actually um, executed in real life is, like, what's the version of this that we actually think is going to be appealing to people for decades right. to come? And, like, how do you model that in a game? <laughs> I don't know. You know it would be, be really... It, you. I imagine, though, like a Dwarf Fortress or RimWorld type situation where you can just start arbitrarily <laughs> adding taste yeah. that it's like, yeah. your audience loves yellow rides. <laughs> so we've given you $2 billion as long as this part of your park is yellow. And you're like, oh, God, what? Jesus, I don't think that market research is good, but I guess that's the money I was told to spend by management. I mean, based yeah. on the success of the Minions franchise, it might be... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually true. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, right. I mean, or like Beef Chief has underwritten right. this quadrant of the park. You must make three right. Beef Chiefs. But see, even <laughs> that is like, which I mean, yes, that would be actually hilarious and kind of and good probably. That feels like. And there might be challenge modes in this game that do. There are, there are, there are like challenges. That. But but the thing that doesn't reflect is sort of leading taste rather than simply following it. Yes. Right. Like the actual interesting thing about creating something is that making a creative thing is that. You're actually trying to be ahead of that curve, not behind it. Right. Um, well, yes, that's that's true in the eyes of a person who's actually doing the creative work. But the people who are funding your park probably have mm. the opposite. So maybe you could <laughs> that's make true. That's you true, could yeah. get the push and pull where you're like, okay, fine, I'm going to make it a yellow theme park. What I'm going to get people really interested in is audio animatronics that sing. Uh, so I'm gonna. <laughs> like, right. If you're like, I know right. what people actually like. Yeah. I can read the trends. I, there's no theme park sim where this happens. Uh, no, and nor I, I is there one where it's be, good. I think it's kind of an impossible problem yes. to solve, right? Because human taste is so weird. But anyway, speaking of animatronics, did you guys see that crazy video of the Avatar lady? The yes. Disney. Oh anim- yeah. Oh my God. So Disney is making for some reason an Avatar. Park land. Avatar it's an Avatar land. land inside of the Discovery or Animal, King? Animal, Animal Kingdom, Kingdom. Disney World. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they've been working on this since Avatar was really popular. 
and are still working on it now. <laughs> Avatar is going to be popular again, Chris, when four of them come out in glassesless 3D projection yeah, okay. in 2022. <laughs> I guess he's still Cameron's still planning four more of those goddamn things. Yeah, Man, that's crazy. The number of them keeps getting tacked onto, and the delay keeps getting added. Yeah, I think onto. it's now like 2019 or something is when the next one's supposed to come out. Anyway, so none of this really matters. But the but there's a video of of an of an audio animatronic. Disney's like latest generation audio animatronic, which is going into Avatar land. And it is crazy. The video just looks like you're watching CG. Yeah. I, it is uncanny. It is weird. It, it is well, really, really impressive though. I mean, it, it's, unquestionably incredibly impressive. I like that when it's inside of the realm of Disney, it's not scary. No, it is scary. And I'm saying, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying. We're getting like, close to the without, rubber-faced no, Terminators Here's now. what was scary, <laughs> that they left the end of that VO line on in the way that they love to do this oh, shit the now, where like, she just <laughs> says, was, was that a good take? <gasps> no, no, oh, yeah. no, don't reveal yeah. that there's a person. Just leave it yeah. be a, a nice character. Why are you fucking... But the acting uh, was maintained, and it still looked good. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It looked good. Yeah. No, no, um, I was going to... That, that was but, why I sort of had the... <laughs> I was saying, like, <laughs> it is just unambiguously impressive no matter what, but just imagine that being attached to a fucking AI right. and walking around. Oh, I can imagine it being attached to a fucking AI, Chris. Because <laughs> that's one of the first AIs it will be attached to. Let's be honest here. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> anyway, look up this video. I, I, it's it's bizarre. Search for fucking AI. Yeah. Hmm. And then search for Avatar and turn safe search off. <laughs> oh, these, these might... You'll either find a fucking AI avatar or you'll find a James Cameron's avatar themed AI or I don't know. You'll find or, or you'll, you'll find, find, find a video. combination a thousand of or you'll find some pages. video content from the Walt Disney Company intended for all ages mm-hmm. of a like severed robot head talking. <laughs> Or you'll just find that one of those weird like mouth robots going blah, 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 blah. <laughs> So Planet Coaster does raise some interesting ethical questions is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. When the animatronics are just as real as the guests. Mm. That's the sort of a statement that mm. it's trying to make, I yep, think. It's true. Yeah. You I saw Nick, I saw you streamed this game for like a full day. Pretty you, close. You basically I kept checking in oh, during, yeah. during you a made full a work crazy day. Thing. And um there was a lot of dot gobbler content going on. Like, what? 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 what yeah, <laughs> I don't really remember. You, I don't, Nick was. I don't really that. remember. I don't, well, well, I, I don't remember. You're I, in a fugue state. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why that. Like, why dot gobbler? But well, you were making a new incarnation of Thumbsland. Yeah, I guess. So, which I guess we're now on YouTube. I've dubbed it goal. new th- new Thumbsland. Yeah, new Thumbsland. It's, it's your new, yeah. It's. I was very happy about that. <laughs> and uh, it is. You have a dot gobbler entrance mm. facade yeah. where park guests walk through the gaping maw of the dot gobbler as he also is like shamefacedly gobbling dots. Yeah. Um, and then you, the thing that you actually spent even longer on is this huge roller coaster based on Space Asshole mm-hmm. that is synced to the song yeah. Space Asshole. Which was interesting. I didn't know if any of this was possible before. I, which is always the case with this game, I guess. You just think of a thing and you go, I don't know if the game can support this and then you try and make it. But man, it works really well. Also, what works really well like, I mean, so just, you know, the idea of like syncing the, the song. I knew that they had um, music tracks that, you know, you could uh, throw onto like any ride. 
but I didn't realize that it would actually like simulate this, the audio source coming out of the seat of your like ride vehicle, and it fucking works really well. Yeah, when it you're means in first that person. it's totally predictable at what yeah. point. like the the same point in the song will always play at the same point right. in the ride. And and then on top of that, when you're when you're in third person or just like moving the camera around. Uh, you still have the audio source of the cars driving by going, Space and it's it's fucking good. It, may, it I mean, for one, like it's exactly what you'd want just aesthetically. But then also when you're building something like this, it makes it so much easier than it would be if it just for like if it was only in the car in first person or if the audio source was only playing in you know third person. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they've done all of that yeah, and it's just actually simulated. Simulated. Oh, so as the cars go by in your test, you can tune if the track is in the right place mm-hmm. for the song because you hear it yeah. ride by. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, or you really, can really ride along in right. first yeah, person yeah, yeah. and listen yep. to the whole thing. Obviously, that takes longer. But um, yeah, Nick. So like, and then uh, yeah, and then I've started pulling apart like the the trigger system, which is really really yeah. good. Uh, where you can drop, um, essentially attaches a, uh, a sort of just like numbered icon to a point on the track, and then you can drag that along the track, and that is now like a trigger. So when the the car reaches that point. Um, you can attach objects that are triggered when it hits that, you know, trigger point. Um, so, so you can essentially activate an animatronic yeah. or a special effect yep. or whatever. It's weird. It's weird it's how really good. Planet Coaster is revealing in ultimate in an ultimate way the the common ground between video game like content wiring and level design and theme park yeah. design and mm-hmm. considerations. Yep, uh, having a because. All the metaphors used inside of Planet Coaster feel very similar to me to an actual video game engine. And I'm sure that, I mean, as they do to everyone, that's what everyone remarks on who's done game dev who then plays Planet Coaster is just Mm -hmm. like the terrain sculpting tools and the uh, triggering and stuff. And some of that stuff, obviously, like terrain sculpting is a lot closer to video game work than actually designing a real theme park because there's no like crazy magic terraforming thing. But yeah, like it totally, you're dealing with a lot of the same types of design and concerns and yeah yeah. a thing that i was thinking about which is um which i wanted to ask you guys about is i watched a video chris that you sent of just like the most spectacular looking theme park that someone has made in planet Mm -hmm. coaster that was just like these six crazy castles up on hills and just the the experience of the of the youtube streamer flying through that was really impressive and it it made me think though that one difference between planet coaster and both most video games that you think of when you think of theme park design and actual theme parks is I think that the spectacle of Planet Coaster Parks is probably meant to be viewed from a third-person camera and not on the ground. Like, Planet Coaster Parks, the ones that are the most impressive, have crazy terraforming. They have, like, huge hills and huge Mm -hmm. valleys and, like, Mm -hmm. underground cave systems and all this stuff. And I suspect if you were to actually exclusively wander that on the ground in first person... It would not have the same sightline considerations right. yeah, that for you would sure. like. Yeah. Oh, that's that interesting. A, a first, a first or third person I, video game or an actual theme park is built mostly to be appreciated on the ground, unless yeah. it's like or on the ground and then from very specific air vehicles. But I think Planet Coaster is meant to be appreciated from the Planet Coaster free cam, maybe. and then from so, the first person ride cam. Maybe I don't know. I don't know if I would if I would necessarily agree with that. I think it just depends on how you build the yeah, park. I think I build for first person. Like I am always dropping the camera down okay. and thinking about the sightlines. If only because it makes it easier to build some of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, because you, like, you can put yourself in them, it, like instantly jump into the first person view of any person, whether okay, yeah. they're on a ride or not. I, I think, so I think that, I like know, YouTubers, though, I think generally yeah, speaking, will yeah. probably do what you're describing. Yeah, I think I, that's I, less I of a tool bias for, and more of a game bias. Yeah, okay, because like, I, yeah. I, 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 when building in Planet Coaster, which I haven't yet because I suck, 
suspect that I will be obsessing over, mm-hmm. yeah, dropping in a person's POVs yep. and mm-hmm. getting interesting sight lines and interesting oh, yeah. reveals from first person because that's what's interesting to me about like the construction of Disneyland and about yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. first person and For like sure. third person follow cam yeah. level gonna, design. Yeah, I think it's going to depend well, on the, on who's on. Who's but then I know that though that it won't look as impressive uh, flying around because like, the, the height differential of of Disneyland itself when viewed from the air yeah. is flat, but yeah. the, it feels incredibly mm-hmm. dynamic from the ground. Yeah. You yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's true of you, most video game levels. Should, or like, I know I've Firewatch said, is like flat as a pancake. No, for but, sure. But, right. you know. Although I will say that that's probably something that is changing as modern construction gets more advanced. Because if you, like, you know, I talked a little bit about um, Tokyo Disney Sea mm-hmm. a, a few weeks ago because I, I went there last month, and that park actually has a huge amount of altitude variation it's really impressive like you can get really high up in that park and still be on actual like pathways um it's i mean the whole not the entire park is like that but it sort of all tapers up in the middle that's cool in in a uh, towards the middle and it's in this like i i still suspect that its sense of scale inside of planet coaster would be way reduced compared to Mm, things like that level we saw with the gigantic mountain that has a huge tree that then arches over half the park oh yeah definitely yeah definitely and i think there's within I think even in the Planet Coaster community, if you look in the in the works the Steam Workshop, a lot of the most if you just sort by highest rated like prefab buildings that people have created, a lot of the highest rated ones are actually pretty conservative in terms of scale. <laughs> and I think that community, even though it's true that like the most outrageous stuff you'll find on YouTube where a, a YouTube streamer's entire business model basically is like always be the most outrageous like they all the video titles are always something like this is incredible or your mind's gonna be blown i mean in that video he literally said this is blowing my mind about 800 times yeah but i think if once you actually drill into down into the community people get really into like like i i just just for reference to sort of like get a sense of what i could be making i just downloaded some buildings last night and dragged them in just so i could like kind of delve into like what kind of parts are they using to create all this stuff and people really like doing shit. Like once you go around to the back of the building, there's like just a shitty looking maintenance yeah, yeah, section yeah. and like all this stuff. People get really into trying to sort of approximate the actual give and take, yep. I think, of real construction. And a lot of those buildings, like the most popular tower, the most popular castle, if you just search in the high, for highest rating, highest rated large buildings in the Steam Workshop, the highest rated castle is a totally classic looking Disneyland scale castle, not like probably Disneyland Shanghai's castle is actually bigger than the yeah. than this highest rated one in Planet Coast. That's actually workshop. what you were saying about the back maintenance areas reminded me that is probably the thing that would make the management layer of I Planet Coaster too. go apeshit. Yeah. Would be if when you if if you're yeah. like outdoor vending or rather you're like your your beef chief uh, storefront if it had a back yeah. mm-hmm. and the back had to also have connected c- the road cemented and, entrails yeah. that connected to the kitchen which connected to the staff area mm-hmm. and then you also had to run employee shuttles and have t- and like if <laughs> every ride yeah. if every ride's operations area also had a tiny path that had to then connect to the back tunnels and then you could I think people would actually get into that because oh, the yeah, thing that people who are theme park dorks love is like the stories of the secret tunnels under Disney World or whatever mm-hmm. so if you could also use the terrain system to straight up carve your like under area like build employee parking and all that mm-hmm. stuff I mean, that the, would probably get other, boring but some people would yeah. lose their shit over the that. other thing you could do is have that stuff not be strictly necessary but have 
efficiency penalties or, or less profitability right. or whatever if, if yeah. your that staff are simulating has to use like guest pathways but but you could <clears> potentially <throat> right. but staff has the ability to use exactly, staff yeah. only walkways that mm-hmm. are zoned for that right. type of human right. being yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah or if you know large ride you know large rides that don't have large operations areas again suffer some kind of like efficiency penalty or I don't know there are ways you could make that really bad and frustrating but there are also ways you could probably like you, beef I mean, up the management stuff while allowing people to still make outrageous things to the point that if you made a park that isn't just completely outrageous, the game's pretty forgiving. Yeah, yeah, you know? but just yeah. there is that YouTube video that is the, that is yeah like the, the, the efficiency, like the person who's oh, figured yeah. out how to basically oh, yeah. program the back end of their park like a computer. You know, right. what I mean, because yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I I hadn't I hadn't thought about that aspect of park management until we accidentally talked ourselves into it. But all of Planet Coaster's systems for crowd management could very easily have another class of att- of attendee that is an operator, mm-hmm. and you'd get you'd be able to use so many of the strengths of Planet Coaster with weird routes and pl- and pathfinding and tunneling. Mm-hmm. Well, and they already all, have. And all that you stuff. can already hire staff, right? So, but yeah. you can't. You, they're yeah, yeah, they're yeah. not oh, simmed yeah, the yeah, same yeah. way that a guest is simmed, but it seems like a lot of the guest simming, or even if they are, it seems they, like a lot they, of the guest well, simming tools are, could be yeah. extended out yeah. to have yeah. A, yeah, yeah, to have yeah, a yeah. back lot, mm-hmm. yep, um, yep. which would be yeah. But like, like you have janitors who have their own tasks, and if they're in a part of the park that isn't as dirty, they'll just sort of goof off and right. stuff like that. They have, but like you know, some the idea of having roller coaster track that can also be maintenance track, so you could then have a switcher and go into the back. So then you could see a guy go off, like see a car go offline, or you know where it's like your ride runs more efficiently if you have fifty percent more rolling stock than you actually are using at a time, and then you could. Offline yeah, I mean, and online that kind of, equipment, that kind of thing, like that, watching that happen in the sim would be so juicy. Yeah, and I'm and I'll talk about this later, but like, I, you know, this is we're definitely in in super obnoxious like armchair designer territory I don't here. But also, this. I no, I know, I know. Look at. But I'm just yeah. saying, like, for sort of devil's advocate, like one of game I've been playing is Cities in Motion One, which was recommended by by uh, a bunch of readers after I mm-hmm. talked about wanting a game about um, public transit and. Uh, there's there are two games in the series, Cities in Motion and Cities in Motion Two, which was then followed by Cities Skylines. And Cities in Motion, those two games are all about transit. So you're not really making a whole city; you're just laying all the transit lines. And Cities in Motion One, I guess, is more about sort of specific historical and current cities. Cities in Motion Two, I think, more of the Sim City style of like it evolves through buildings auto evolve through different areas. Mm-hmm. And Cities in Motion One sounded more appealing to my sensibilities, so I grabbed that. Anyway, point is. As in City Skylines or a lot of these games, when you construct lines, you also have to construct like depots and like track to get the train from the depot onto the main line. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. trains will actually just stop if you construct them such that like trains sharing a line end up sort of face to face, you know, conflicting with one another. I mean, th- that game actually simulates a, a high degree of complexity with respect to what you're talking about yep. um, in terms of maintenance track and stuff like that. So, I mean, there are there are model, there are games that tackle those things. And yep. I don't know if the Planet Coaster team gives a shit about tackling no, those things. they might not. But, you know, I, also, also, hopefully a... this game is in is a sort of perennial um, seller for them, right? Like, hopefully this game is a constantly developed... Well, um, I think if, if you look at the forums and, and kind of see where, where the community's at right now, it feels like everybody's super happy with the the creation tools, but yeah. that the people who are really expecting a deep management sim are mm-hmm. a little... I don't know, just not disappointed, but just kind of, uh, I hope you're going to do more of this stuff. So, yeah. like, if there's anything that they're, like, 
looking at in terms of just uh, community mm-hmm. feedback, it feels like it's probably that stuff. So yeah. maybe they, well, maybe they that's, will. That's been the through line of review. Like I saw PC Gamer gave this game like a 75%. Mm. And they and they were like, it's just the same game as Roller Coaster Tycoon 3. Like, what's the point of this game? Oh, man. And I'm like, to me, I'm Oof. like, well, the point of it is huh. this like crazy that's community that's ecosystem. And like, yeah. all, I mean, like it, this game just has a, a level, this game fosters a level of community and creativity that would just be impossible in a game that was made what, like over 10 years ago as Roller Coaster Tycoon yeah. 3 was, I think. And so to me, that's like a no-brainer why this game is more interesting than that. But I suspect that they were coming at it from the angle of like... I just want know, to plop some rides down. the and, game well, and like yeah. being really the gamey part of it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think people are really split in their reaction to the game for that reason. Yeah. But I think it's amazing. I think it's incredible, personally. Yeah. 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 Do you want to talk about Cities in Motion more, or do you want to wait on Yeah, I, I guess I can, because I'm not going to... You gonna, mentioned it. I mentioned it. I'm not going to go into great depth, because I, I did get just totally sidelined by Planet Coaster. Um, but Cities in Motion is really cool. Um, I think the, the first game, I don't even remember when it came out, but it totally... it At a certain point, City Builder games... Uh, like, graphics technology got to the point where City Builder, Builder games just look really, really good if you make a good one. And from that point on, they just still look good, right? Like an Anno game two iterations ago still looks quite beautiful, mm-hmm. as does, I think, Cities in Motion 1. I mean, it's clearly not a 2016 vintage game graphically, sure. but it still looks really, really nice. And so it's you get that just really satisfying, like, my city is just, you know, this living, breathing entity. Uh, the, the weird thing is that when you play a campaign you just go into a city that is completely fully created but has zero transit infrastructure. Yeah, so I'm like, weird. I'm going to make San Francisco. I'm going to do San Francisco because I live in San Francisco. And, and like I fantasize about this city having better transit all the time. And so I'm going to make it. And then I go into it and I I was essentially completely paralyzed because suddenly it's just like, bam, here is San Francisco. But it's like a bizarro version of San right. Francisco because it's not the full scale of the city, which would be crazy to right. represent in a game. Uh, but it's like a weird version and I'm like, oh, I can, this all like the big beats are there, but it's like really weird. And also there's no transit at all. And I had like a panic attack where I'm like, where do I even, where do I even start? It's, Monorail. it's, actually, <laughs> it's actually really hard to just start from nothing. So you made the end Judah. <laughs> I was going to, um, but then I basically placed, that's actually what I, what I started with. Um, I placed uh, I know. like two <laughs> stations, except I, I was trying to make it as fully underground. You're I'm, trying to make the good yeah, engine yeah, 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 yeah. Not the one that snakes yeah, like yeah. Yeah. around and, uh, forever. And then I placed like two subway stations that ran out of money. And I was like, ah, I see. So <laughs> that, is, that is as in life, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just you just have to start with buses, basically. You know, I mean, you really mm-hmm. have to, you can play a couple different modes, um, but the ones that are a campaign that starts you in the city that way are, um, you know, you actually really have to worry about budget and cash flow and stuff. Uh, also, by the way, this game's conception of San Francisco is very good. Uh, when you start a little pop-up, it's very like Europe. It's a hilarious, like European view of San Francisco uh, because 
a little pop-up comes up with a little guy's portrait, and he's like, Hello, I am the governor of San Francisco. We have many hippies here, but we still need public transportation. Please help us transport the hippies. And then, like, all the loading screens <laughs> are like, San oh, Francisco, a city known for its hippies, but also <laughs> citizens who need public transit. It's, like, constantly popping up. And, like, the first or second mission you get is, a, is like, a guy with, I think, like, it's like a white guy with like a, a sort of like Rasta oh, yeah. headband thing. And he's like, hey, man, I need to get to my cool festival. Help me build a bus <laughs> so I can get there. It's, re- it's When was this game made? Like, I don't know. With it, like within the last decade. I mean, within the last several years. Uh, just like does it predate pre, Twitter? Pre, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Pre, oh, uh, good question. The, yeah, before that was just when the it was only like thing anyone ever talked about. Because you know, San Francisco had the first dot com boom and bust, but it yeah. felt at that point like the narrative was still, still like hippies. San Francisco. This is twenty eleven. Like there was okay. Ah, <laughs> that's that's a little really. ridiculous. Well, you know. Also, I love the governor of San Francisco. Yeah. Like they didn't even just go to Wikipedia and figure out who runs a city in the United yeah. States, but. Very good. Um, yeah, who's to say? Yeah, it's re- it's very it's very. I mean, it's true absurd. that there are hippies who need to get to a music festival. Yeah, it's true, and it's true that historically that was the first the reason for the first bus line. Yeah, in San Francisco was in 1971, which is I think when the campaign starts, the San Francisco campaign, because different cities started. Yeah, different. that's the you know. I I remember my parents still talk about when San Francisco got its first bus. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were the f- they were visiting. Oh, and they, they, were, they, going that the they were going to that music festival. They were going to that yeah. festival. They were uh-huh. like, they, they I were heard hip, there were no were, buses here. They were what my, that's what my parents told me is what they said right. to me. You know? And then they right. talked to the mayor. And the mayor, and the mayor said, the governor, and the mayor said yes. I've been replaced the governor. by the governor. <laughs> by the governor. The governor. Who insisted, the governor of San Francisco. My, my campaign of no new buses ever, <laughs> I was ordered to step down by the governor of San Francisco, who's putting in the first ever bus so that this headbanded Rasta man... Hopefully the San Francisco Chronicle ran a big headline saying something like mm. Governor, comma, comma, Mayor yeah. locked in bus battle. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, all of the quotes are just from hippies discussing yeah. how to get to their music <laughs> How to get to their music festivals, music festivals. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. One day the city will be all buses and barely any trains, says simulation <laughs> and <governor>. real life. <laughs> Claims hippie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's a, it is a really good game. Yeah. Um, it's, I've just had all my attention sucked away by, by Planet Coaster, which I just want to play all the time now. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We, let me think. Nick has a bunch. Uh, there's a, on our YouTube channel, if you go to youtube.com slash idle videos, there are, I think, all, every, all the time you've spent so far, except for like 20 minutes maybe that was lost due to a crash, all the time you've spent in the new, new Thumbs Land is up on there yep. now. Yep. Um, and, you, I mean, it's long. I wouldn't expect people to go and watch all. It's like 10-hour stream like, or something. Just, it was just, crazy. Uh, yeah, all, you know, eight hours or whatever it is on there. But 36 hours. I think one thing you do want to do when you get the Space Asshole ride to some just do a ride level video. completion. Yeah, do a ride through oh, video, yeah. which would end up being like three. It's a long ride because it's. The whole song. About, no, I, I did he, a cut he down. He spliced it down a little bit, it but down. it's still it's like a long. long. It's, yeah. yeah, it's pretty long for. I don't know why you'd splice it down when you don't have to worry about ride rider throughput. It's just, it's I think it was well, starting to like. Oh, here's <laughs> the thing: the ride. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I I realized very quickly it is difficult. There's only to, so many verses you can keep keep entertaining. Well, a that's, 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 right, that's you know. Yeah, that's yeah. It's, it's also the long version of that song, I think, because it's the it's the, oh, album, it's the album. It's the album, release, right. yeah. so yeah. which is I think it's slightly longer than it's the original. Longer, Not the radio yeah. single. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
but it is it is really impressive uh yeah i'm gonna finish it i'm gonna finish that ride i'm gonna finish that park but uh first that ride got got any other ride ideas in mind uh not really okay um writing to questions at idlethumbs.net yeah i just yeah i mean generally i just ask people like do you have any ideas and then i just take the good one god my experience (laughs) with with that stream was tuning into it in the middle of you making the dot gobbler facade which is like mm. so in this game you don't you can't just model stuff out of polygons from nothing you have to use just component parts but they have a category they have a category of building parts that it's just called like, shapes or something yeah. and they're just sort of, sort of some basic like cubes and spheres yeah. and toruses and stuff I think yep. and w- like tuning in as you were sitting there with like a reference picture of the dot gobbler <laughs> cover art and just like dragging these gross yellow like blobs together to create like a gaping uh, dot gobbler maw was so weird and <laughs> surreal and distressing. Uh, it was a very, very glad you enjoyed my stream, Chris. Stream. <laughs> Another happy thumbs stream uh, yeah, viewer. Yeah, yeah. Nick yeah. Brecken streams are something else. <laughs> they're they're good though. Yeah, yeah. I was very pleased that the uh, that that was like that the heads of the. Um, uh, uh, you guests. Know, guests, I guess, uh, weren't going to clip past uh, through that. Yeah, no. they just make I mean, it. Yeah. God, there, there's so many moments when you're streaming this game, you just don't know if something's going to work and you don't want to spend an hour trying to make it work and then have it fail f- because people are watching, you know? It's it's a weird game to stream in that way because mm-hmm. you you feel pressure in the same way that you would feel pressure in Dark Souls to like beat a boss, but in this case, it's like, I hope I can make Dot Gobbler, or right. like, I hope this right. park isn't just yeah, a piece I, of shit. Like, we it's streamed, really strange. We it's, streamed together, and that's also up on YouTube. Yeah, With a park true. that didn't really end up going anywhere. I don't yeah, think, it was, but, like, we just sort of screwed but, around. But uh, yeah, I felt really conscious of that during, because we sort of traded off about halfway through, and I felt really bad for my part well, of the stream, because I, I was just, I don't think I was making a lot of progress, and it was just, you know, it, I felt like I was wasting people's time. It was it was weird. Yeah, well, it's like you're you're. It almost it almost feels like it should be in the creative category or something. It feels like it feels like yeah. you're streaming painting or something. Right. Yeah. But you don't know how to paint, and so right. you're just it's hoping like, yeah. that like so as the, as you're putting the first the, time, let's like, see. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like just yeah. you, I don't want to do. You, this hope, you hope you best case get that wacky face when that woman tried to restore a painting. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. As yeah, opposed yeah, to just exactly. nothing. Right. As opposed to just smears. Yeah. It's basically like streaming a remedial painting lesson because you were because I'd never even played the game and you were like this is how you make the entrance to your thing and i'm right. like oh okay yeah let's see let's like try using the path tool mm-hmm. um I, you know i don't so yeah who knows yeah anyway but it's it's really good i mean it's a, yeah. it's a tough learning curve i think um yeah but it it's, is it is be, the reason for that is that it's so powerful um mm-hmm. yeah you guys want anyway, to take a break yeah let's take a break it's break, break time. Break time. Video this episode is brought to you by Movement. Movement designs, manufactures, and will send to you a very stylish wristwatch. Yes. Jake, you have been wearing a Movement watch for a few months now. Yeah. And I know that you used to wear a watch in your life. Yes. And then you didn't. I also didn't. How would you convince me to start wearing a normal watch again? As smartphones became more and more of a thing, I became increasingly stuck to the screen of my smartphone. And the pattern that I most often had was, I'm going to see what time it is. I'm just going to slide to unlock and I'm going to just read some tweets. I'm going to check my email. Oh, that's an interesting link. I'm going to read something. And then like, I would look up and realize that I was just a total shithead who spent three (laughs) plus minutes. And probably never checked the time. Yeah. And then I'll also be like, oh, and uh, shit. And then I have to look at the time. And 
It's like, if only there was a way that I could just know what time it was. Oh, yeah. so that's like the dumbest, sort of just saddest story of um, of a modern idiot. But like, <laughs> you know. The sad story of a modern idiot. The, a Jake Rod can Also, tell. I just remembered that I really liked wearing a watch. That I like that there's just a thing that I can wear that mm-hmm. is interesting looking. Yeah. Um, if if you good. want to avoid the sad phone cycle, uh, go to mvmtwatches.com slash thumbs and you can get 15% off your first order and free shipping, free returns, you know, everything everything you need to make sure you get the watch, the watch you, like. you want. They've got yeah. a ton of styles of watch on that site, too. They're they all do, really yeah. nice. Yeah, they have different uh, sort of watch band styles, different watch face styles, and various sort of combinations of those things. A bunch of different styles. They're all very nice. And again, that is mvmtwatches.com slash thumbs for 15% off free shipping, and free returns. Thanks, Movement. This episode of Idle Thumbs is also brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace, as you surely know by now, is the easiest, uh, most intuitive, user-friendly, responsive, beautiful, and professional way to make your very own website, portfolio, blog, or online store. And if you go to squarespace.com and use the offer code THUMBS at checkout, you can get 10% off your first order and a free domain name if you sign up for a year. Uh, so we have a new site that is created by an Idle Thumbs reader using the Squarespace offer code THUMBS. It's a good one. You'll see what I mean. Uh, Jared Pettit writes, My friend and I recently finished a small game we've been working on for a bit called The Senpai, which is a Seinfeld visual novel, and I built a site to host it on using Squarespace. Thanks for the promo code. You can play it online or download the Windows and Mac executables at pntgrm.com. That's pentagram without any vowels in it. So pntgrm.com. This game looks crazy. <laughs> the The visual design of this game is very good. It is Jake's oh, favorite, probably. Oh, my God. Is oh, what I'm, is just, what I'm guessing. Just full. I guess this site proves that you can make a crappy-looking Squarespace page. It is possible. <laughs> I need to stress... As long as it's intentional. This is very intentional. <laughs> Here's an important fact about pntgrm.com. Despite the fact that it looks like GeoCities, it is fully responsive and works well on a cell phone and it, <laughs> like any, any possible size. My, so you yeah. can have... If you wish to combine the aesthetics of early of mid '90s garbage with the strong structural underpinnings of modern responsive web design, that is also your choice to to make your bad choice to make mm-hmm. uh, with Squarespace. Yep, it's true. Uh, so yeah, go to squarespace.com, set up an account. You can get started without a credit card, and then when you're ready to check out, use the offer code Thumbs, get 10% off, get that full year, get that domain name. Make your own Seinfeld visual novel or any other website <laughs> that you want to make. Um, yeah, squarespace.com with the offer code thumbs. Thanks, Squarespace. Video games. I think we're back. Oh, oh hi. I think oh. we're back. Um, and Nick, you are back to Dark Souls. Yes. You're back to the Dark Souls. You're going back in time. <laughs> Today's the, the day that Nick Brecken. On this very day <laughs> that Nick Brecken yes. traveled back to Dark Souls traveled 1. Right. Dark Souls 1. <laughs> Uh yeah. Yeah, I did it. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm I I when I was playing Dark Souls 3, everyone was urging me to play Dark Souls 1. Um uh for various reasons. A well, lot of people consider it's the good this game, one says everyone. Well, a lot of people consider this game to be yes, the true the true Dark Souls experience. Um 
and um, yeah, I don't know. I'm enjoying it. Uh, it's 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 Dark Souls. the The thing that's jarring is that it it it. Gosh, I don't know. I, I'm trying to. I'm going to be very diplomatic in the way that I say this because I am whining a lot about things that you know. <laughs> you it's mean like in the you mean in your streams? Yeah, because look, you know, when you play uh, the third iteration of a game and right. all of the mechanics They've have been perfectly yeah. perfectly ironed out and everything is perfect. Um, you feel like uh, a baby when you go back to sort of the first iteration of that stuff, which is all like, it's all there. It's still there. You can it's, sprint, it's got, you can dodge, got, you can do the, all the like, same things. The but, soul of the thing, so to speak. That, yes. But, but not necessarily the creature comforts that, right. you know. Yeah. Uh, and yet, you know, as much as that is true, or like I would think that is a very simple explanation for, for that stuff, uh, people can probably justifiably make the argument that maybe the first iteration of all that stuff is the best version of it and that what I was playing is just the, the shitty version because it's you know right, user big, friendly version, and, and yeah. you know so I don't know I'm I'm kind of going back and forth on on uh, on that stuff but in, ter- in terms of the actual game it's been it's been really fun although I did last night well I did the thing that I do um, uh, when I've had a couple of drinks and um, I start to overthink the game you can't you can't overthink Dark Souls because it will just completely crush all of your hopes and dreams uh, the second that <laughs> sure. you that you try to uh, understand intellectually how a, how a boss is moving or like what you need to do. I mean, I'm sure there are people who play it that way and successfully do it. I can't. I have to like sort of instinctually build up an understanding of this stuff without like sitting down and taking notes. Um, and so I was just struggling like hell to beat this one boss. Which, to be fair, was just a garbage boss. And everyone was agreeing with me, like, oh, this boss is just fucking shitty. Uh You walk through a door and two dogs jump in your face immediately. And then a man with a club (laughs) can hit you and you can die in one hit. Uh, And so you have to run through this level uh, past a billion other stupid dogs to get to this guy. And I must have done that for maybe an hour, an hour and a half of my life just like running through this door and immediately dying over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it's a weird experience because you walk through this, you know, beautiful portal yeah. and just immediately get killed. And then that you just do that for like forever. And that's your life. Uh, and so I finally bit that stupid guy. And then, uh, I, it was just so late that I, I just told Janelle, like, I guess we just have to order a pizza because this is like food is not happening. And when the pizza came and I was distracted by a pizza, my brain just switched off (laughs) and I started playing the game and I was just like humming like a tune and eating pizza and not paying attention to chat. Were you still on stream while you were eating pizza? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I I was like, I can't do this. This is too gross. It was like, no, just social eat. It's fine. And I was like, oh. Social eat? Is that a thing? Oh, social eating is a huge thing. Oh, yeah. There's a channel on Twitch for social eating. You didn't know about this? Chris, we're set oh, yeah. for this podcast, what? actually. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> doorbell rings. Pizza guy walks in. I don't know. Our new sponsor, Domino's. Yeah. I mean, I no. guess that sh- I Did you tell be- everyone about the taste of the pizzas you were eating and how good were it you, was? Well, no, I, I, what the fuck? Uh, maybe I were did, actually. I probably did. Disney princess? <laughs> <laughs> so, here, so once you were distracted by food and or, oh. uh, as my, my inner suspicion is, yeah. once you actually had eaten 
and yes. were a healthy person. Yes. Uh, but yeah. No, that was definitely. I was thinking about that as well in the background it, it, it process. Could be, it could be that you uh, were that you were intently focused on Dark Souls because you had no other nourishment and your brain was just I think falling into a pit forever. Yeah, I think that's what was happening. But it's probably both. But yeah. But once I uh, I sort of hit the once lower, you tasted that delicious. Once you bit into that pepperoni. Yeah. Yeah. Once once the super id kind of went away and the id <laughs> was just remained. You know, uh, kind of like just the background process of my brain just kind of dealing with Dark Souls kind of uh, monotonously. Uh, I apparently, like, skipped through a level that I should have died in, like, a thousand times and didn't <laughs> die once. Like, I, I, people were saying, like, how is he doing this? He's speedrunning the game. This is incredible. Like, what is what is going on you right now? You should have been sponsored by like, that pizza. It was you like fucked four, it up. Yeah, I should have. It was, like, four hours of just grinding away at this thing that should have been easy, and then, it, like, literally 20 minutes of just, like, And then like, you bolted out of walk. bed in a flop sweat. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just imagining really you, like, experience. waking up from an amazing yeah. dream of, like, I can't believe he's doing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one's ever done right. this with Dark Souls before. <laughs> yeah. How could he's this, amazing. What's happening? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wake up with half a pizza slice right. yeah. in your body. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Social eating. Anyway, so Dark Souls is still weird. Well, so so we're Nick, you and I are planning on doing and possibly Jake as well. I don't know what what everyone's schedule is, but we're we're planning on doing at least one, possibly more post Thanksgiving streams. Oh yeah, we should do that. And we're I hopefully going to be very well fed at that mm, point. We're going to have true. leftovers. Yeah. So maybe we can recreate I don't I mean I don't know if we're going to be playing Dark Souls 1 or not, but regardless of what we're playing, I think it's mm. safe to assume Nick Brecken will be in. I'll be in the top in the, yeah, form. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, now you have to because the expectation. Now you've promised it. Right. Now you've promised that anytime you eat anything, you turn into an amazing. When I eat a Domino's pizza, runner, I like, transform. Was into it Domino's a speed pizza? Run. Oh, it was. <laughs> oh, good. Where is the nearest Domino's to you in this? Uh, it's pretty like close. Many Domino's in this there's, city. There's, okay. Yeah, there's an outer Richmond Domino's. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's more than you'd think. They're, really? they're hidden around. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can get, you can get a Domino's them. real easy in San Francisco, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I believe it. I just don't ever see them. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Man, when the Petaluma Domino's pizza closed, that was a tragedy because then I couldn't get it anymore. <laughs> well, then you move, <laughs> but then you moved to a city. Yeah, no, no. I, I actually only found it out when I was staying at home at my parents for a while. Uh, uh, and then I tried mm. to order like the same shitty comfort Domino's pizza that I used to get, and it was <laughs> not there. Um, and then I heard that I think Giant Bomb also complained about the Petal of Domino's closing. <laughs> so. It's so weird that you're from the same town as like half yeah. of Giant I Bomb. Know. Yeah. It's weird. What a funny thing. Yep. So do you, I mean, what do you, I mean, uh, we can move off it after this, but just because you brought up the sort of, oh, maybe the weird, jankier version is actually the better version. I'm not saying you said that about mm-hmm. this game, but that's definitely something I've encountered, right? Like, yeah. I've talked about my experience playing the original Legend of Zelda mm-hmm. in like later in my life and just being like completely flabbergasted by it. I mean, yeah. did you? are you having that experience, or are you finding it's just a different... It's just... I can't believe... I can't believe that Idle Thumbs... Who are these fucking chumps? Have they even played a game? Did you hear that they compared Dark Souls to The Legend of Zelda? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> It's a 12-page gaff thread coming right, up. Right, Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Guys, what if Zelda was like a weird character-created monster? Mm. I mean, what if Zelda was a girl, but really what if Zelda was like a... Yeah. Like a dark soul. A anyway, dark soul. sorry, what... I, I didn't uh, mean to distract. No, I mean, I so I think it, it's 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 more of a um, minute uh, uh, kind of like uh, subtle mechanical 
stuff like that the, the, the subtle the subtle mechanical stuff is, is the stuff that i think is is the most jarring because it's stuff you sort of rely on you the know muscle memory muscle it's it's uh, yeah. yeah and and it's like breaking muscle memory it's right. exactly. you know what it is it's like the difference between like when you've played uh like six years of like team fortress 2 and then they update a patch or something and the movement of the spy is slightly off and it doesn't seem like it that big of a deal but if you just only played the spy now you're mm-hmm. like fuck i can't kill anybody this is horrible because you have to just break yourself out of that yeah. mental uh you know repetition um i when think when you rebuild you'll be stronger than ever before well possibly you're gonna be in dark souls one the better the greatest one. uh yeah. dark souls man yeah. team fortress 2 came out nine years ago yeah just had to, I had to get I had to get out of the it game. It's disgusting. His 15th birthday uh, this week. God, oh that's God. crazy. Jesus. Yeah. Oof. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. Don't worry. That's less than half of all of our lives, so it's okay. Uh, it's. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. Let's keep talking about Dark Souls. <laughs> we don't need to keep talking about Dark Souls. Um, are you? Are you? I. The last thing I did is I apparently quote unquote trolled the stream, uh, but I didn't do that intentionally. So anybody listening to this, I'm sorry. If you if you watch that stream, Mick and felt Frickin's that I trolled just a troll. the stream. Like, you don't need to accuse. Well, that's him true. Of... That's true. Um, yeah, I killed a boss and then put the uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm theme song on. God, thinking you that, left it on for thinking like that I would an hour. Well, because so <laughs> everyone was just <laughs> before you quit, you have to you have to go to the bonfire and level up. Go to the bonfire. Go to the bonfire. Go to the bonfire. And so I went to the bonfire and I was like, what if I just went to the other bonfire that's like halfway across the world? And the thing is, if you die. You lose all of your souls if you don't then go get your souls, you know, back. So, like, I was... What made was you decide you were going to do Why did you do that? I don't know. I just thought, like, well, because I know, like, I knew that on the next stream I had to get to that point anyway. <laughs> I'll just save some time. And I felt like I could probably... <laughs> oh, I just felt like I could probably speed run through all of the stuff that I just speed run through. Was that the, like, miraculous um, once in a, one in a million speed I mean, run it turned through? out to be I got all the way back to the, the, the place that I wanted to get, and I was feeling very, like you know uh smarmy about about this experience <laughs> where i was like everyone was just panicking like oh my god he's gonna he's gonna die he's gonna die he's gonna lose all the souls what's what is what but is you he got doing there you had done it i had done it and then i walked out the door and i could see the bonfire below me that i needed to reach and i just literally jumped off a cliff <laughs> <laughs> right in front of the thing and then I had to go through the whole thing again but th- at that point if i died i would have lost Everything. Right. It was like twenty five thousand so, souls. Yeah, yeah. It was really bad. I did a bad thing. And did you get your very, souls? People were very hand? upset. I did. God, you I had did. The, it you was had fine. the Kirby enthusiasm theme playing <laughs> literally just on loop the entire time. Yeah. It, it, watching that seriously started to feel like there was some kind of insanity creeping in to me, not even Good. to you. I'm glad that he was also silently grinning the entire time. <laughs> it was really weird. It was really weird because Janelle was in there for a lot of it yeah. and she was like interacting with chat and stuff and you were just silently grinning into the camera <laughs> as you would like plunge off cliffs and like risk <laughs> tens of thousands of souls while the, in the background boom, 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 Baru, baru. It was really, really. I strange. guess that's not trolling your stream. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah, it was. It was I'm glad something. you. I'm glad you achieved success at the end. Because had you fallen off the cliff and then ended the stream, I would probably be leaping across this table. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was fine. It was fine. Anyway, yeah. let's Good. move on. So that's what Dark Souls is. Yes. Yeah. Um, reader mail? Yeah, oh, I guess I could talk about VR. I don't need to talk I mean, about could, VR. I could talk about it for half a second. Or, or that. Okay. Oh, I'll, I'll, well, whatever. You did I will, that Vive Google Earth. I did. I, I have Vive, and I ran through Google Earth for half a second, and it um, 
it's it's very simple. But I've seen it's, a lot of people be very excited about yeah. Google Earth VR. It, it's very simple, but it's maybe one of my favorite things that I've ever done in VR because it's just Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's all of the Google Earth data inside of a uh, VR. So I have yeah. a, like a tiny in my apartment. I have the smallest possible amount of space that you're allowed to have with the, when the Vive will let you do room scale where you walk around. Right. Um, and so you know I can walk around like a three foot by five foot square of carpet in, in my office. Um, but the way that it works, since you know the Google Earth data is not meant to literally be viewed at human scale, it's right. meant to be viewed in a Google Earth window. It basically assumes that you're like a few thousand feet tall or something. Mm-hmm. Like you're taller. Like if you you can jump into Yosemite Valley, yeah. And um, I'm a little over six feet tall, and I was probably a foot higher than Half Dome. Mm-hmm. But that's it. So you can crouch down onto the floor and get a more mm-hmm. like yeah. a more like ground's eye level. But just the the um, the feeling of like I I I couldn't figure out some of the, some things in the interface. But the Golden Gate Bridge was an area that you can view from the ground. Like it it, mm. it has it has a lot of different modes because it's, it's Google Earth. Like you can yeah. just view it as if you're looking at a three dimensional television of Google Earth, or you can do the thing that's cool where you put it on the ground and you can wander around. I had to go to the Golden Gate Bridge, wait for it to stream in, and then basically use the Vive oh, controller okay. to like paw along the ground until I got back to my apartment in Oakland. But even that was super impressive. Like it's yeah. l- low res and, and junky, but mm. I stood next to my apartment and then turned around and looked at Lake Merritt and looked at downtown Oakland, and then like it, it has atmospherics running in it that are a little that are not like city Top like quality, city sim yeah. game level but they're sure. better than regular google earth right, where like right. there's a little bit of scattering and the sun sets and it's like okay this is actually yeah, no that's cool the fact that you like using vr to look at google map data of real life yeah felt like such a more like just pleasant and interesting application of vr than a lot of garbage mm. um i mean like i also played with the lab which is the valve software thing where you can shoot archery arrows and go flying all over the place and that's also like a, a, a really good demo but like uh uh dana my girlfriend has not ever wanted to put a vr headset on before but mm-hmm. then i said okay just come over here and look at this uh you'll see something that's kind of cool and i had just set it up in our entire neighborhood but you can see it as if you're basically in a hot air balloon. Right. Mm-hmm. And like she actually used it and thought it was interesting. Yeah, and then yeah, it was yeah. like, okay, let's go to Yosemite. Totally. Let's look around. And like just being able to see the earth from basically that hot air balloon perspective, but having the the ability to just drop your body mm-hmm. way down low and just look out like down a city block. Um, it was, it's surprisingly cool. I'm really glad that mm-hmm. Google did that and put it on Steam. Um yeah, the only thing I've seen of it is, a, you know, obviously I did, this wasn't inside a headset, but it was still really crazy, was just a gif of someone using it where they were, they started just in space and just completely seamlessly, I don't know how they got it this precise, but they just basically dove directly down. They probably zoomed out the, from that location first. Yeah, I guess that's true, mm-hmm. to the uh, Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. And this the... the the rapid change of scale from just seeing the earth as like a little circle <clears throat> yeah. and then just a matter of seconds later, you know, going through the atmosphere down like and just looking up at the Eiffel Tower. Yep. And but also that looking at it and just clearly telling someone was just you could tell that it wasn't a cinematic. It was someone just sort of sort of jerkily just like zooming the zooming scroll wheel on, their, on yeah. their device. It, yeah. It added a level of. Weirdly, even though it ends up being kind of lower fidelity and, and messier, it added a level of like emotional fidelity to it because I know what it feels like to manipulate a computer. Right. I was like, oh my God, someone's just doing this and mm-hmm. it's crazy. Yeah, no, it that's. It looks crazy. The way that 
there's a, there's a touch at the beginning of that of that program that feels un-Google in a way that was really nice. Like it just opens with it might have a little bit of music, but it's very mm. light. It's just like ambient soundscapes, and you're just in a desert, um, and there's like you know some big just geological structures in a road, and you can faintly hear the sound of cars driving around. And then you press start, and then it just cuts between like five or six locations on Earth very slowly, and you can just look around. And then the final thing it does is it just cuts to the planet Earth, and you can just spin it around, yeah, and that's yeah, when yeah. you realize you have the entire interface. Yeah, that was that's really that's cool. really good. That's like that feels like that's cool. Yeah, like a museum presentation right. or something, yeah, right? Yeah, Where yeah, you sort yeah, of yeah. get pieces of the living Earth, then you get the entire planet. But then it's like, oh. I, Fuck you. You can just literally mm-hmm. go and experience any of those things at any arbitrary point on the entire planet. Um, like the little bespoke soundscapes aren't present in the in the sure. world the way they sure. are in the yeah, tour. But like possible, right? Yeah. But whatever. Like it yeah. just that feeling of 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 that was really cool. I no, could I great. could never get the, the zoom in to work because whenever I tried to zoom in from Earth, it just kept me uh, it kept it like on a cinematic plane in front of me. But mm-hmm. I'm sure mm-hmm. that's just because I'm bad at Google Earth, you know. Learn to play, Jake. I gotta, yeah. I gotta yeah. edit my INI files and, you know, check mm-hmm. my keybinds. <laughs> that's the real. That's the real mark of a pro of a pro Earth. That's true. Google yeah. Earth manipulator. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's really it was neat. It's cool. Seems cool. I want to play. And that. it's free. And also, there weren't any ads or anything in it. I was very concerned <laughs> that as a Google oh, product, a, oh a God, fucking right, banner yeah. ad was going to show up. We'll yeah. wait for till the, till that team gets fired and replaced by by some other team who has to keep <laughs> billboards it. in cities that are just dynamically serving oh, you man. ads. <laughs> that would be totally fine. I guess so. if it was completely seamlessly in world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would I, also be creepy. It would be fine, creepy. but it'd be I creepy. Guess, I guess maybe where you're like, oh, I can't decide if I think it would be I'm fine. I'm in I'm in like the middle of Chicago, and then I turn and look, and there's just uh, an ad for like the last thing I searched for on eBay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Weird. Well, who's to say? That's probably that's probably better than there just being a floating banner ad that I have to like dismiss, dismiss with the yeah. remote. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Or maybe they just put an ad on the moon. If you fly all the way out <laughs> into space, they turn around, just projected onto yeah. the surface of the moon. <laughs> Uh, they just put a a, a, a a sort of scrim over the sun, so it just projects a crazy, <laughs> yeah. like a gobo. Uh, we put a gobo on the sun so that the shadow of the sun beautifully passing over the earth also yeah. is just, mm-hmm. you know, showing me like a Bluetooth speaker right. yeah. <laughs> that I searched for <laughs> and that I already bought Beats two days ago. Gray. You bought this last <laughs> week. <laughs> uh, reader mail? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Claire Hosking writes, hey, th- okay, so this is about lo-fi programming. We got several emails about those, so oh, I'll, re- nice. I'll read a couple of them. Um, Claire Hosking writes, hey, Thumbs, I think the thing that used to be a beginner's programming language was Flash. These days, I think it's probably visual, uh, these days I think it's a visual scripting language, like Blueprints and Unreal, since it allows beginners to clip together simple functions and start improvising as they get better at scripting, much like starting with three chords and then moving on to pattern picking. It's how I started learning to program. It allowed me to come up with weird elaborate workarounds for things I didn't understand yet, and it was clunky and fun, but it taught me about designing systems without having to get into the nitty-gritty of syntax. Moreover, the system I started with, Grasshopper, was forgiving. Doing the wrong thing meant you'd get something weird, not nothing. And like lo-fi recording, weird Grasshopper experiment has established itself as its own aesthetic. I'd also like to put in a shout-out for languages like Processing. It's lo-fi in that it's totally stripped back, and all the visuals are just a result of you using the specialized, simplified language designed for making interesting procedural graphics. It's not strictly games, but it kind of fits. Uh, Yeah, um, I'm not familiar with Grasshopper, but Mm -mm. um, 
processing is a really cool language. Also, there's nothing stopping you from making a game in processing. Like it, it accepts input, so um, I'm sure people have made games in it, uh, and it is really cool. Processing is like a really, really, really fast language for getting from point A to point B of just get something visual on the screen. Like mm-hmm. It's entirely designed about like drawing lines and shapes and like manipulating colors and and uh, it's it's. I think a lot of people use it for, you know, like Claire was saying, uh, motion graphics and, and uh, image uh, data processing, um, and, you know, like reading a lot of data and like visualizing it in an interesting way, stuff like that. Uh, let's see. We have, other, we have other emails about this as well. Um, so Jonathan Decker writes... Recently, a reader wrote in asking about what they called lo-fi programming. The idea reminds me of players exploring existing games via memory manipulation or sending undefined input, such as with the tool-assisted speedrun community gets up to. The simplest form of this type of expression is playing around with Game Genie or Game Shark codes, <laughs> something I spent hours doing as a kid. I used to run a GeoCities site where I tested and wrote about various Game Shark codes for the N64, sometimes coming up with my own by modifying existing codes. It's not technically programming, but it can produce emergent effects in the execution of the game and doesn't require advanced knowledge. There's also circuit bending, the art of modifying computer hardware to allow live manipulation of game code. I even found a, found a project to create an input device called Illusia, which enables what it calls code bending, the mani- manipulation of running programs via patch points. That is crazy. I don't even know where to begin with that. Uh, cheers, Jonathan Decker, a.k.a. Lockno. That actually reminds me that there are now, I mean... It's not. I think that the 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 reader mail from last week was explicitly about lo-fi game development, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Um, that reminds me that there are things that we also haven't talked about, like uh, Pico Eight, which is that uh, like super lo-fi game development environment that makes what look almost like color Game Boy yeah. uh, stuff, and that seems like very rudimentary, but while simultaneously being low level, mm-hmm. it, it, it um, which. Uh, also gets into sort of like uh, Raspberry Pi or Arduino stuff, or there's the um, there's a tiny computer called the Pocket Chip that is oh, yeah. basically like a baby Linux distro that is uh, running on a tiny piece of embedded hardware, like smaller than a smartphone. And they also make a version of that. Uh, it's, it's usually just a circuit board with an HDMI out and a USB mm-hmm. in out, uh, but they make a version of it that also comes with a plastic case that has a color LCD and a keyboard, and like that thing can run Pico 8 on it, but also you can just run really simple programming. Like It has its own uh, API and scripting language to send data in and out over its really simple input jacks. Like it's, there's, there's that whole other community that's sort of designed for this is a computer that you shouldn't have to worry about breaking. You should just right. be able to type garbage into it and see what happens on the screen that I think is trying to get closer to the experience that a lot of people had in the 70s and 80s with early, mm-hmm. like with with an Apple II or a yep. Commodore or something where like if the system <clears throat> breaks or your program doesn't load, you're just given a prompt where you can start entering code and see what happens. And, you know, that um, – but to get – I don't program computers at all. Um, I'm a bad programmer. Like, I took some programming classes in junior high and high school, but um, on Firewatch, we used a visual scripting system inside of Unity called Playmaker, Mm -hmm. uh, which is very, like, it's not as powerful as the Unreal Engine blueprints, but that um, Claire's, Claire's email actually spoke to me on a pretty legitimate level in that Playmaker lets you hook together various Unity behaviors and to have objects communicate to other objects and you can write little little chain, chains of events visually and 
using Playmaker and getting better at it has actually helped me communicate with Unity programmers on our project mm. in, in a way better way because I, even though I'm not authoring code and I don't, I check in as little of that as I can into, into, into an actual game, the limitations and the behaviors and sort of just the cycles that, that the game engine goes through are way more familiar to me now than, than they were when I started. Um, and also it, it does allow me to just create totally wacky garbage that comes out of the screen that looks like a video game. Even if I know under the hood, it's kind of an embarrassing mess. Right. <laughs> sure. Oh yeah, that's true. Although something like Playmaker is sort of, that is a case where anything that isn't working right is just a disaster. Like yes. it's, it's mm. because it's such an advanced system, you almost can't do like subtly weird things no, with yeah. it very easily. Yeah, you no. have to just like, it's, you can have a mess behind it as long as it's outputting like a correct result. You yes, know, um, it's, it's, it's the sort of opposite of something like processing where right, the, where where the tiny fun- little change yeah. can make a weird waiver in the line. And, yeah. you know, it's maybe interesting. It's coming at it from almost the completely opposite direction yeah. of writing very simple code that yields weird output as opposed to a playmaker or unreal blueprints feels more like you're you you're bolting a really powerful micromanaging interface on top of the system to replicate really complicated game code mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, and ultimately probably do something fairly simple yes where you're just like i just need this to react when the player does that and like yep. yeah. i can describe it in a sentence basically but i need to think of the like 20 different ways the logic could hit an edge case or whatever it's a it's a decent way at least of teaching you the high level way that a, that a game engine actually thinks about how mm-hmm. things work even if you don't gain any of the low level knowledge for right. how it actually works. Yeah, exactly. Works. Yeah, cuz there's, you know, like Claire was saying there's a big difference between the logic and the syntax. And in communication the logic is the important part. Yep. You yeah. know. So cool. Uh, Graham Taylor writes Relating to Lost with Free Time, hey Thumbs, I was just listening to episode 288 and Chris talking about not really knowing what to do with idle time really struck me. With two young kids, a job I commute to, and regular home things to keep up with, I have very little free time. So when I do have a little time to myself, I don't know what to do. Play a game, try to find, try to do some creative hobby, finish some chore that's been nagging at me. It's difficult to find the time to play games and usually I'm so exhausted I just want to watch Chef's Table on Netflix. You're into that, aren't you, Nick? Yeah. Yeah, you told me about that and I, I wanted to check it out. I think this is why for almost a year now I've been playing one game, Batman Arkham Knight. I finally finished it and will move on to another game, but it'll probably just take it'll probably take me just as long for the next one. Guess that's how it'll be for a while. It doesn't sound like you guys are quite there with having kids, but I'm sure you can relate to the lack of time for games. Just wanted to share the thought, keep up the great podcasting. Yep. Yep, for sure. Not always for me, but uh but Well, like, right now you're in a funny Right now I'm I'm right now I'm just going to be streaming all the time, but I mean like 2 months ago I was I didn't play any games for like yep. f- 2 straight months. Oh yeah. yeah, no. The the path to one game dad is a well-documented path. Oh yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Um speaking of Nick Brecken streaming. Ooh. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Chris from Kent in the UK writes, "Hey thumbs, uh watching Nick managed to triumphantly internalize Dark Souls, then screw up in the most spectacular Nick Brecken way possible by attacking the one NPC in the game you shouldn't attack. Oh, yeah, that Reminded me why I like the general goof goof around kind of live streaming over anything else. Watching people play games without trying to necessarily perform for an audience or provide commentary reminds me of the amount of time I spent as a kid watching my older brother play game after game on the living room TV (laughs) and being happy to take in what was happening without having any direct involvement. It's something I've found other people often don't relate to at all, my brother and partner included, who much prefer playing over watching someone else play. 
Do you think developers take this audience into mind, especially in narrative-heavy games, considering a lot of people will play something on a shared screen, or should the focus always be on the player's experience? Is the idea of simply watching someone else play and enjoy a game in an era of a let's of let's play personalities connecting directly with an audience somewhat antiquated? I've personally liked the idea of simply sharing gameplay with no one and anyone, but have always felt too self-conscious to give it a proper go. Sorry for the long email, but thanks, Nick, for entertaining me and reminding me of one of the main ways I've always enjoyed gaming. Thanks, Chris. P.S. Fuck Nick Brecken. No, that's... Yeah. Um, I feel like all of us have talked about how we used to do this to some degree or another, or at least even just like playing like an adventure game with somebody else yeah. and you're not always in control of that. And like, I don't know, that was, that's, that's for the me, way that, that I grew always, up playing for games. For me, that was always more collaborative. That's true. Yeah, the it person, is, it the is person at the controls yeah. is maybe the buck stops with them, but it's still like m- most, most, yeah, sort of like single player couch co-op experiences were more, yeah. Oh, go there, try this. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Mm. Um, but, and I mean, that's like Telltale Games is going all in on that now where like they're including like Jackbox Party Pack style stuff inside of their games where if you're oh. if, if you're streaming the Batman game, I don't know if this is on for everyone or just at events they do or for streamers. I think it right now it's just events, I think. Okay. I, yeah. They have stuff where the audience can you vote on the options the audience can yeah. vote oh, and that can and you as the host can choose for that to just be informative and show up in the ui so you know but you still have ultimate control or, or you can say audience yeah. votes wow. um and that's yeah i know they've been doing that at at, at some wow. events so at that point if, if you use the latter option the like player so to speak is basically like an mc yeah and, like they're yeah. barely even a game I, player i think anymore. that the like stream latency means that that's not really viable for mm. for for stream use right now but yeah. i know that that'll they're, probably get better over time and they're also excited about it just for being like game night with friends like so you can have an explicit version of that of the sort of implicit yeah. two two or three people sitting on a couch saying say the thing go to the place um, and so that's like the most tangible and out of control how, how example. The, how does the audience interact with that? With a smartphone or it a works, website? It or works something? exactly like Jackbox Party yeah, Pack, where okay, your game yeah, you gets like a, a five letter hash yeah. that you type in, and then you can see the dialogue well, prompts up crazy. on screen. That's actually pretty interesting. Yeah. Huh. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's because that, though, feels like, like it seems like what this reader is writing about is uh, optimizing for just the joy of watching as opposed yeah. to like the, the telltale approach feels more like you want to put a controller everybody, in everyone's hands. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely not what this reader yes. was writing in about. Yeah. But it's yeah. an interesting yeah. thing for sure. Yeah. I think it would be tough to design for that as a designer. I think if you tried to design too much for the purely passive viewer, you might kind of end up working again. Like presumably part of the enjoyment of that is just, enjoying what the actual player is doing and how they're reacting to the things on the screen. Yep. So you wouldn't want to like spend too much time thinking about the passive player or you might put the focus in a place that isn't what the passive player enjoys to begin with. Yep, I, I think know. or viewer passive like, viewer. Yeah. I think we've actually talked about this before but on Firewatch the one conscious concession that I think we made to streaming and to watching streams was um making sure that our dialogue selection UI was presented in a way so that you could visually see some simulation of the of the player's thought process as they're weighing between right. options like inst- mm-hmm. as opposed to they're just being four face buttons up on screen and they press 1 2 3 or 4 when they choose like making them have to toggle between them because either in the hopes that either you would subconsciously watch someone go click 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 uh maybe actually up one or 
letting the person who's streaming be a little bit of a performer and actually choose to like hold mm-hmm. on the one that they know is the shitty thing to say then at the mm-hmm. last second knock it back mm-hmm. up to the one that they want to say but like yeah. that like I don't know how much more you'd want to go beyond that as far as like bolting UI onto your game for yeah. just for, for the sake of the audience it depends a lot on the game I yeah. think for a game that's competitive or really systems driven you could there's a lot more leeway for that but yeah I yep. think with a game that is intended to be sort of immersive and story driven you don't want to go too crazy or you're right. you, you might compromise the just like whole experience it's, it gets it, it, it gets tough when your game is an immersive and story driven game because then I think the act of how they're like quote unquote playing the story is the thing that you that you're watching yeah. as opposed yeah. to like if you're watching someone stream overwatch or something you get so much of it is visual because the inputs are entirely visual like where you're looking where you're how you're moving is the data that you're putting into the game whereas a story-based game very often your thought process and why you're doing the thing that you're doing is is the thing that's interesting so either the streamer it's on them to say that aloud or and or the game has to sort of reflect it in the game yeah theoretically i mean this this would be bonkers but i guess theoretically you could have you could design a game where um the player like the, the 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 stream output is actually a different camera view right where like the player is in first person or maybe like in VR or something and the camera that is being streamed to Twitch is actually just like a third person view of that guy. So like there is a component that is specifically designed. Have you seen like, the stuff that Alchemy Labs is doing? The guys no. who make uh, Job Simulator? They're doing the craziest stuff with third person VR and it would be less relevant I think for not a VR game. But uh, I am an idiot and I hadn't even thought about it with the mindset of streaming because all they ever present it for is this will make your trailers look better. This mm. is for like trade show presence. But there, um, there are people who make cameras that capture depth information now uh, in the same way that like the Kinect used right. to. And they advertise that stuff for like you can use it for uh, 3D scanning a scene and then bringing the geometry into a game because the camera has a uh, like regular color vision lens as well as a depth lens so you could sort of pass it around a room mm-hmm. and then the room will be in 3D but what the job simulator team has started using that for is uh, you can put a green screen up and put your person who's in the uh, HMD and the controls on camera but they get they capture the position of the camera and line it up with the with a third person game camera mm. Because the cameras that they're using have depth information, they have written a, a good shader that actually takes that video data and integrates it into the 3D space. Oh, wow. So, like, if you're in Job Simulator and you reach over a file cabinet, they don't need to do any clever tricks to make the video. Yeah. It's so hard to describe. But, like, if you think about a person standing behind something and then they reach in front of it, mm-hmm. in, in like, visual effects compositing, that is incredibly expensive usually because you've yeah. got to figure out how to mask the part of them that's behind the object and then right. their hand that reaches in front of it. But because they've captured the depth data, that stuff just works from Man. those camera views. Crazy. They've got, now gone so hmm. far as to taking that 3D depth data and incorporating lights from inside of their Unity scenes into that. So they have videos of a person Jeez. in a dark room. Yeah. Uh, waving around two like a blue and a yellow like bobble on their in their two hands, and then it's lighting their video footage. So like thinking about that in streams, yeah, for VR stuff, I, I suspect that there's a, a reality where that makes a ton of sense, where you'd want to have yeah. the f- the first person view inset maybe, but maybe, then what but, what people yeah. actually are seeing is like. Something that's more cinematic I'm, or external. I'm playing Job yeah. Simulator or I'm, yeah, doing, yeah, you, mm-hmm. could, you could have a, a far more cinematic presentation in a stream at this point, especially given that you can also, the other thing they were showing is you don't even need to have a, an HMD on, obviously, because 
they're just green screening, right. so a spectator can wander in and just be there. <laughs> or no, weird. you can attach the camera to a Vive controller, and then that person can be a camera <laughs> operator, <laughs> and it's also oh rendering God. the whole scene in real time and the footage yeah. in real time. So you can have, you can do all. It's yeah. that stuff was crazy. That's like, like all that's, that I thought about with that was like just there's just going to be cheap ass TV weird, shows, fucking and filmmaking, shows and right? Stuff, right? Well, because yeah, that's yeah. the way that they they started, you know, like doing like uh, like previs for for films and stuff. Like I remember back, the way the back, first like time fifteen I, years ago. The first time I saw that was in the first Lord of the Rings. Movie. I was going to say the Lord of the Rings with the or sort the, of stick camera that's the, like just a virtual. camera. I remember being like, blown away as yeah, like yeah, a yeah. college film student by yep. like watching the previs of the troll fight scene yep. in the first Lord of the Rings movie where they had a mocap stick on a camera. And a little TV screen so you could be inside the virtual set. But like mm-hmm. that, you could just do that with a camera you buy on the internet now. Yeah. And Unity. Yeah. It's really crazy. <laughs> anyway, that has nothing to do with anything that we were talking about now. <laughs> we go way off into space. Yeah. But that yeah. that uh, that streaming tech was really shocking to me. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, that is cool. We could replace this whole room with just a green, green screened room and then literally <laughs> uh, just put ourselves in the actual set from Tinker Tailor Soldier right. Spy that we yeah, build man. to an extremely expensive degree in 3D. That's fine. Get be, this that would be a fine future. This, this shit. Yeah. We could make us in a room that looks just like this, but is like one and a half times bigger, so people think we're more comfortable than we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, last email probably. Timothy Bridges writes, the two Hitman missions you never knew existed. Hey, Thumbs, specifically Chris, did you know there are two Hitman missions you totally missed out on? <laughs> I did, actually. I read an email subject about it. If you fire up Hitman and go to the Destinations tab, check under Sapienza and Marrakesh, and you'll find two extra missions, both set at nighttime in their respective locations, mm. which much of, with much of the map blocked off but redone entirely for these new missions. There's a third extra mission coming January 31st. Since you enjoy the civilian areas of Hitman, you will enjoy the Marrakesh mission, and if you like killer robots with flamethrowers, Sapienza is a treat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Just thought I'd give you Jesus. a heads up because they're easy to miss. Idiot bails. What? You won't right. believe what happens in Sapienza at night that's, that's uh, when can- the killer that's robots a, come out. That's a candidate for post-Thanksgiving Fuck. stream. It is. Um, crazy. That's exciting. Yeah. New Hitman content. We thought we weren't getting any for a while. Yeah. And night nighttime sounds really No, that, that'd be interesting. Very enticing. Yeah. 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 Oh, there's an email from Nick Brecken that says, don't click until November 23rd. What is which this? Is, which is now, I don't know. I don't remember. Well, uh, I don't know either. I'm clicking the link. It's from Mike Drucker, and it says, holy shit, this real sad revelation about Mega Man in the latest boss fight books. No wonder he's always <laughs> yeah. been my Did favorite. Did you see this? He's me. No. no. Oh, man. And then there's, there <laughs> oh, my are, God, it's there incredible. Are excerpts. Do I read the entire thing or just uh, here, the highlighted I can, part? I, I would read the... Is there is there like a second page? I feel like the second page is, is was the was the good stuff. Do you don't need the first page for context? I don't know what this is. So this is, so this is the uh, creator of, of, uh, of Mega Man... Um, being quoted? Being quoted. And uh, he's saying, just the image of Mega Man standing, there's a sadness to it. Even his sprite has a certain gravity and serious seriousness to it. When I see a young child playing alone in a park or in the middle of the street, playing by himself, there's something so sad about that sight, it can almost bring me to tears. And there's something similarly lonely about Mega Man. Wow. In the backstory I wrote, Mega Man alone is equipped with the functionality to turn himself off. <laughs> that very fact imbues him with a sadness. The other robot masters were made for some kind of specific job or work, so there's no need for them to have an off switch they can control. However, a robot helper like Mega Man can make his own judgments and therefore can decide whether he's needed or not. Oh the sadness God. of being a robot <laughs> is having this inorganic existence. What? So anyway, that was robot news for this week, I guess. Yeah, wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. Mega Man. I thought that was facts. incredible. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. 
Wow. Anyway. So in the back of Mega Man's mind all the time is yeah. I can I, just turn this I off. Just, I can stop this. <laughs> I can. I don't need to go fight Rockman. I could just. <laughs> Crazy. It's yeah, really good. All right. Hopefully, there's a game genie code that makes that canon where if we press a couple <laughs> buttons, Mega Man will just explode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just choose. Well, I like the idea that he would just sort of like slowly power down. They probably don't have an animation for that. Like, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, anyway, on that note, thanks for joining us yeah. on, that, on that poignant Mega Man note. That concludes our poignant Mega Man notes section yeah. Uh, yeah. segment of the Idle Thumbs. Uh, you can write us email yourself at questions at idlethumbs.net. We may well read it on this podcast. Don't forget to check out our live stream version of the show, which is uh, we live stream on Twitch Wednesday mornings, usually around 8 or 8.30 a.m. Pacific time. And then we put it on YouTube at youtube.com slash idle videos that is still being handled by the tireless Johnny Driggs, who has been um, putting up our episodes to YouTube for, what, a couple of years now, I think. Yep. Um, but now he can put them up with real video. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you, Johnny Driggs. Not specifically with real video. Like, uh, it, it, the video itself is real, but it is not in the real video format. Oh, the yeah. real oh, video yes, player. Yes. I mean, yes. if it were, you, how are you going to know? YouTube <laughs> transcodes <laughs> it anyway. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. View our real media stream <laughs> at idlethumbs.rm, oh, at idlethumbs.net slash cgibim. Um, yeah, but anyway, that goes up at youtube.com slash idlevideos. Listen to our cooked MP3. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're on Twitter at twitter.com slash idlethumbs. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash idlethumbs. I'm planning on sending out a new uh, edition of the Idlethumbs newsletter now that we have an announcement to, uh, to make in terms of having this video. This video, this very video. <laughs> um, so if you want to get in on the Idlethumbs newsletter, if you go to any page at idlethumbs.net, uh, at the bottom, there is a sign-up form for the newsletter, uh, and you will get the next one before it goes out. And um, I'll, I'll in there, I'll also kind of do a roundup of our, our recent other streams in addition to the, the podcast live stream. So, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll be back and watching. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>We all watched Zodiac together in the, in the, <laughs> in, in the, theater, <laughs> in the theater recently. Man, when he said goodbye, we all could not yep. not look at each other. Yep. Yeah, yep. I had forgotten how close it was, it very was early. to the way that yeah. you guys always say oh, also, goodbye. Yes. Yeah. 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 Anyway, anyway, goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, Chris, oh, good I'm still sound. on camera. I forgot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love podcasts.